With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I've got a sorry. I've got a bright spark plug. Welcome Hello. to Date Fight. It's the podcast where we take great moments that occurred on this day in history mm. and we stick them against each other. Yes, he's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley, and together we have taken two strands of the historical spaghetti and are intertwining them around the entertainment fork for you to put in your brain mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. I want to hear a compilation of all 101 of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to have a day off this today. <laughs> Today's gonna happen. I'm taking you to the 13th of February 1961 when Virginia Maxey and Mike Mikesell, not particularly innovative name there, Mike Mikesell, wow. um, are out hunting for geodes. And then they find one, crack it open, and find a spark plug inside. The interesting thing is, Wait, geodes what? have existed for 500 million years. And this is turning plugs. into the strange curiosities of the unexplained. <laughs> it, is. it was dated w- w- to 500,000 years ago, according to a scientist. But no one... <laughs> no one He's an got, unnamed scientist. Yeah. Got one of those clip art certificates. What, hang and, on. What, so, wait, ha, wait right. a geode is a stone like an amethyst kind of thing? Yeah, it's a, they were created... New ones don't exist. No. So geodes are generally old, uh, and they cracked it open and found... A spark plug in. It wasn't just as... So they thought this was evidence of one of three things. It was either an advanced alien civilization yeah, yeah, in classic. the past, um, ancient astronauts... Oh, sorry, it's either advanced ancient... Ancient astronauts who had to use spark plugs yeah. <laughs> in Ford Cortinas. <laughs> a human time traveller. <sighs> now, this was all undermined, I think, somewhat, by the fact that they identified it as a 1926 champion spark plug. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, and someone pointed out that if you leave iron things lying around, one of the ways they can uh, rust is by concretizing around themselves and creating a rock-like substance. OK, then. Much like the London Hammer, which I don't know if you've heard of. No, the London that Hammer, sounds like some sort of... Like, is that like a Glasgow kiss? No, the London Hammer is... you. It's in the Creationist Museum in America, found in London, Texas. Oh, There's that, a of metal hammer which is embedded in... The, what they claimed was the bedrock, but apparently, again, this is just an iron hammer. Well, it looks because very much... Jesus! Well, yes, it proves that there was advanced civilizations long ago given, uh, I don't know, on the American continent, which, I don't know, God made that happen. Definitely. I don't know what it proves. Definitely, mate. Or, it either proves that, or if you take a 19th century mining hammer and leave it in the rain for 70 or 80 years, then it concretizes to a point at which it looks like it's embedded in a rock. One of those two things is the truth. Do you think that's what happened with Excalibur? Yes. Your theories of science versus <laughs> my beliefs. 
Anyway, <clears throat> let's talk about Galileo. He did let's. study speed, velocity, gravity, free fall, relativity, inertia, projectile motion, pendulums, hydrostatic balances, the thermoscope, military compasses, telescopes, celestial objects, uh, the phases of Venus, the four largest satellites of Jupiter, Saturn's rings, and sunspots. So what should we do? Lock him up! Lock him up! <laughs> He, uh, on this date in 1633, arrived in Rome for his trial before oh. the Inquisition. Did he get a lawyer? No, I don't think so much, no. The infamous part of the whole Inquisition and the mm. trial is that after he had uh, recounted his theory of the Earth moving around the sun. Yes. That's what he thought. And and everyone in Rome was like, oh, you can't say that because the Bible goes against the Bible. Yeah, but the ancient Greeks knew it years ago. They went, oh, yes, that's clearly the way this is. Yeah, well, they lock the, the ancient Greeks up, then dig them up and dig lock them up. Them up. <laughs> Galileo allegedly mm. muttered the rebellious phrase, and yet it moves. Yeah. There's a painting from six, from the 1640s which is later on, by a Spanish painter, Murillo, or one of his students. We don't know. Anyway, mm. uh, when they restored it uh, with some restoration work in 1911, they saw that underneath the paint, uh, the artist had written, E pur si muove, mm. which means... And yet it moves. And yet it moves. Uh, he'd written it underneath as a little secret thing. So, but nobody knows that if we it's going to pop off all the rest story. of all of his paintings. Just <laughs> yeah. to find out what else he's written and, there. And the whole thing well, was I've just ruined all these crude <laughs> depictions of the male anatomy. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, he spent part of his life after that under house arrest, and he was ordered to read the seven penitential psalms once a week mm. for the next three years. Surely a recipe for madness. Uh, but his daughter Maria Celeste. Mm. Uh, she relieved him of the burden. She got ecclesiastical permission to take it upon herself to do it, leaving him free to... That's uh, amazing. That feels like dust. what's going to happen when Donald Trump goes to jail. Like That's, one of yeah, the... If Don Jr. Gonna go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be the one who does the... Yeah. So, That's amazing. There you go. In your list Science. of things that he invented was relativity. Studied. That. Not invented. Oh, studied. Studied. He studied relativity how? Given the well, no concept of the speed of light. In a, in a relative way... Okay, he relatively studied it. <laughs> Re okay, relative, relative to how much I've studied it, he definitely <laughs> studied it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Chuck Yeager, the first man to break the sound barrier. And invent the bomb. Did he? The Jaeger bomb, that's a thing, isn't it? Oh, yes, he did. Mm. Now, Jaeger bomb <laughs> is named after, which of the, the people who were on yesterday should have mentioned it, it's named after Hermann Goering. Oh, really? Yes, he was the Jaegermeister. He's the, the master of the hunt. And uh, Jaegermeister was a liqueur invented in the 1930s, which they named Jaegermeister for him. So it was called Goering Schnapps as well. Schnapps. I don't know why they went with Jägermeister. Yeah, <laughs> Goering Schnapps. Goering Schnapps. <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to play in the UK. <laughs> or anywhere outside a few small pockets of... Wow. I'd like a Goering bomb. No, that's much worse. No. <laughs> Happy birthday to George Simenon, who came up with Maigret, played by both Michael Gambon and Rowan Atkinson. Probably the only part you could think of both of those people playing. Because I think Michael Gambon would have been a rubbish Mr B. <laughs> He would not have done that well. No. 
and also, happy birthday to Bess Truman, the wife of Harry Truman, who remained an anti-Semite well into her 70s, as when a reporter went to interview her husband, David Suskind, in 1961. He asked why he wasn't invited into the house, to which Harry Truman responded, This is Bess's house, and it has never had, and will never have, a Jew in it. That's Bess Truman. She lived for ages. Good people die young. Elizabeth Murdoch was 103. Um... <laughs> and Monty Don went to her gardens. Did he? I watched it the other night. For some reason, an iPlayer. He was really? like, and I've come to this garden, owned by Elizabeth Murdoch. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that the younger one? Is that as in? Is that as in? Is that as in the mum one or the? the it's young, the mum the grand one. one. No, it's the the mum one. I think. This was probably not like the one who's up for DG of the BBC at the moment. No, 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 not that one. Hmm. Hmm. Who has sort of pushed back somewhat on she? a lot of the familial? Yeah, I mean, we've all seen Succession. We all know yes. how this works. Shiv. Oh, you've got to pretend to be the nice one. <laughs> Happy death day. Oh, sad death day to Richard Wagner, who wrote an opera about a man who had to try and fix his prolax rectum, rectum using parts of a bicycle. The ring cycle. You wrote the ring cycle. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was like, is that what it's about? Isabella de Este, the regent of Mantua and one of the leading women of the Italian Renaissance, whose only flaw was she liked to buy enslaved black children to use them as decorative objects around her house. So wow. don't look at portraits of her because you will see someone who's enslaved next to her holding up a bowl of fruit or something. Wow. Yeah. Happy death day to William Wooten, who was a 17th century preacher who wrote the reflections on ancient and modern learning. People called him a most excellent preacher, but a drunken, whoring soul. Oh, I'll take him over any of the other ones. Yeah. He drank so much he had to sell his rectory to pay off the debt and went into hiding in South Wales under a fake name. Well done, you, William Wooten. I keep worrying that I'm going to get to the stage where I need to sell my rectory. <laughs> yeah, and go to Carmarthen. I'm not going to get any money from my rectory. <laughs> Spelt with a W. Round two. Let's go to the 13th of February 2008. Mm. And Kevin Rudd, the Australian Prime Minister who almost certainly doesn't talk like that. Yes. Makes an historic apology yeah. to the Indigenous Australians. Did he say... I'm sorry if you were upset by it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry if you if... were offended. Uh, yes, the Stolen Generations, mm. also known as the Stolen Children. Um, I confess to a large amount of ignorance over this. Uh, this was children of uh, Australian Aboriginals mm -hmm. and Torres Strait Islanders who were removed from their families yes. by the government and church missions. Referred to in pretty derogatory terms that I'm not going to repeat here. And it happened between about 1905 to 1967, but they were still taking them in the 70s, in my lifetime. Yeah. That happened. So what did they do uh, to try to uh, make this all better? Uh, Kevin Rudd apologised on mm -hmm. this day. And then they set up National Sorry Day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my bad day. No other practical means yeah. of restitution. National Unlucky Fella Day. Uh, <laughs> Let's not dig it all up. Yeah. Day. Come on, mate. Bygones, mate. Day. 
Sorry! Day. Uh, it's been held on the 26th of May since 1998. So, uh, yes, to remember and commemorate the mistreatment of the country's indigenous people. Not to rectify any... No, just... Sorry! I mean, it happened in the 1970s. There's no one who could possibly know what happened. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, National Sorry Day. Feels a bit Route 1. It bit does. Route 1, that. I mean, at least that is a route, as opposed yeah. to, you know... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe the British could think about saying something like that. National Sorry Day. I mean, we'd have to say it to the entire world, but, you know... I mean, the thing is, though, being British... We sort of expect them to say sorry back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sorry. Oh, so, no. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> we'd sorry. Say, I, sh- I shouldn't have. I shouldn't we'd have say been... sorry, but it would be very aggressive. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> oh, sorry about that. I'm going to take you to the 13th of February, 1322, when at Ely Cathedral they were digging around and the tower collapsed. Oh. The Tower of Ely Cathedral fell down on everyone. The central tower collapsed. And God said, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Nothing can be done about it now. Um, Alan of Walsingham, the master builder, rebuilt it. Uh, the roof was held up with a complex timber structure, which we can no longer replicate, Jake. Do you know why we can no <laughs> I longer... I love your mysterious theories. <laughs> because it had a spark plug in it dating from... No. We could not do this if we tried now. Why? Because there are no trees big enough to do it left in this country. Wow. So there used to be trees so big you could hold up cathedrals with them. But not anymore, because we've cut them all down. Yay. Well done, us. So I brought that up because, just to show what we've lost, which is all our big trees. So lovers of big trees, you're out of luck. Move to California. (laughs) To see that last one. Yeah, that last sequoia before (laughs) Before Ely Cathedral gets to it. (laughs) I've got a uh, tower to rebuild. <laughs> that was all very jolly. Yeah, for us, not for any of the things we discussed. No, pretty horrific. Um, uh, we'll we'll institute our own national sorry day. Yes. Sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. We sorry about the podcast. So uh, we will be back tomorrow. We will. We hope you'll join us for that. There, then, then, then. Yes. For our hundred and second podcast. Absolutely. Tell someone about it. Yeah. Don't listen to the hundred and second episode. And don't forget, you need to vote. You can go online. It's uh, at date underscore fight on Twitter and on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash date fight do vote guys do vote really yes. important guys okay bye. must I mean yeah. today's that's yeah. so, so it's important. so important guys bye, bye.